still my soul. Hey everybody, this is Phil. Welcome to our Bible study podcast. At the end of this study, please take the time to subscribe to the Glen Springs Church YouTube channel and check out our website. Also, if you live in the Gainesville, Florida area, we would love to have you visit us in person. For now, let's open up the Heavenly Library and may the words of the Holy Spirit sink deep into our hearts. Thanks for joining us. In every to see everybody again today, or if you're listening to us, it's great that you're able to hear us, I guess is the way we should put it, if you're on the podcast, either way, good to see you, Whichever, Whichever way. Yeah, whichever way. Well, one way we definitely see as we're studying the book of Ephesians is we're seeing the way of the Lord, and it's a challenging walk. Uh, something that we've repeated over and over again because it's repeated by the Apostle Paul is this concept of the Christian Walk, And it actually began in Ephesians 2, verse 10, uh, and that is the idea that when we become a part of Christ, and by His grace and our faith we are saved, we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. And so, I guess to some degree, we're talking about good works here. Yeah, everything that we're doing here that's proper becomes a good work in that sense. And I, I know that there are some people who don't like to use that term work. Wait a minute. Uh, are, are we? Is this a righteousness work that you're going to be saved because uh, you can do this and you don't have to so on and so forth? No, that's not what's being said here. People who are righteous, people who want to do the good things uh, because God has asked them to do that, are going to be doing good things. So you can put the term things there instead of work. It, it's, it's, it is work. Um, and I would say that being a Christian is what happens as we are born and then we become uh, adults. It's seemingly, uh, it's we move towards sin. Right. That's that seems to be an easier path uh, for most mankind. Well, it's the natural flesh, path. It's, flesh takes over yeah. and not the spirit. Mm -hmm. But when you become a child of God, then you're asking the spirit to take over and not the flesh. So that becomes more of an effort because that's not a, an easy thing to do. Now, I, I would take the position as you become a Christian longer and longer and be, become more mature in Christ, it should become less of a work uh, and more of a natural thing that you're doing because that's what you're doing. You're trying to become perfect like Christ is perfect. You never get there, but that's what you're approaching in your maturity. So it becomes an easier work for you. But as we are younger and and early in the faith, it is an effort. It is an effort to not do what you see everybody else around you doing. Well, and to some degree, I think most of the things that we see as we go through this, especially just following Paul's train of thought through Ephesians, these are attributes, these are characteristics, these are actions, these are works 
that don't come natural and are not easy. Exactly. Uh, it's by the flesh that we were dead in our trespasses and our sins, as he says at the beginning of Ephesians 2, but it's through his grace that he's raised up us raised us out of there and brought us to a new life. Well, we need to live like new creatures. Exactly. And, and that's seen in how we walk. And that is something you learn. Right. It doesn't come automatically. That's what he's saying here in Ephesians. That's something that you learn. And it, it takes time to learn that. Um, yes, you are raised to, to be a new creature. But that new creature, just like a child, has to learn to walk. That ch child has to learn uh, to do certain things. And he's taught those things. He doesn't come naturally. Well, I've started this conversation like this because I'm setting us up for what is really a very challenging verse in the text, and it's going to carry over into the relationship of marriage, and that is the concept of submission. Uh, I think we would all say that we can understand why Paul would say, don't walk as the Gentiles walk, as you see in chapter 4 uh, in verse 17. We can see how we even studied last week. We should walk in wisdom, and then even in the previous lesson, uh, walk as children of light. But that walk carries forth in our relationship with one another. And here's where we are in our text today and where we left off last week is Ephesians 5, verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submission. Submission. And, and we're going to get into the marriage relationship here in just a moment because I know a lot of husbands like verse 22 <laughs> but wives are certainly going to like verse 25 of this chapter. But I think it's important for us to see that our submission even goes beyond the marital relationship. And our submission even goes beyond just our relationship with Jesus that we submit to him as our Lord. As Paul says here, we submit to one another. This is a selfless versus a selfish chapter. Everything is being talked about here is going to be that. So as we subject ourselves to one another, are we selfish or are we selfless? I think a great commentary on this passage is going to be over in Philippians 2. Well, sure. What are yeah. you doing? Uh, the Lord says, put others before yourself. Yeah, have, your mind, have this mind, which yeah. is also in Christ yeah. Jesus. Uh, who did not even consider equality no, with God. God a thing to be great. You know, hey, I am God. Well, I'll, I'll play that trump card. No, no he no, never did that. No. But he became a servant even to the point of death on a cross. And so his and then his whole point in that passage is you put others before yourself. And that is subjecting yourself to them. It's, 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 this is not a child or a slave relationship we're talking about here in that sense. This is self-subjective. I'm putting myself in a position that I'm going to honor you before I honor myself. The thought, really, if you look at it and just keep it all going in context, and I see that Paul's building here and been building yes. uh, throughout the letter, but if you go back to chapter 5 and in verse 1, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us. And notice, gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We submit to one another, if for no other reason, 
because our Lord Jesus shows us submission and has, in a way, submitted to us, submitting himself to the will of God to become a sacrifice for us. And so this is how you walk in love and you show that love in your relationships with others. And so you find that submission there as brethren. And and boy, how, how unified is a church when everyone is not looking out for their own interest, but for the interest of others. And to me, that's kind of the focus here. Yes. And this is a wise walk when you walk with an attitude of submission, not dominance or forcing your own way. But you're, you're submitting to one another. And as he says here, out of reverence to Christ. So to me, that does take us back to verse 1. Yes. To look at your Lord. All right. Having said all that, let's get into it. Uh, some verses that in the eyes of many are very challenging and controversial, but they're really not to me if you follow the line of thought. So let's get into it. This is Ephesians 5 now, carrying it forward into the relationship of marriage, which in reality, this is the relationship he's talking about, brethren. Right? Exactly. Is that where you see this? I see. He, he, it's not husbands and wives, and I'm going to use the church to illustrate it. He's no. talking about the church but I'm going to use the relationship of a husband and wife to illustrate it. Husbands and wife from the beginning. Yeah. We need to keep that in mind. That's not husbands and wife at this moment. He's done this from the beginning. And uh, what we're going to read about here, he set up the marriage relationship uh, as as an example on this earth uh, of the church and Christ's relationship to it, husband and wife. And that's amazing to me when I start to think about that. So to me, that makes it a little bit easier than how I'm supposed to treat my wife and how my wife should be treating me based upon what we're going to read about here in just a minute. But this passage, isolated by itself, has created more furor in society about what do you mean that I've got to submit to somebody in this day and age. This is a 50-50 relationship I'm as equal as you are, you're as equal as I am, and that's the relationship that we have now, and I don't want anything like the term subjection in my vows yeah, that, saying, that we're going to have as we start our marriage relationship. Leave submission, subjection out. I mean, that's where we are today, sadly, in society. All right, let's read the will of the Lord as is explained by our brother Paul as he shares it to the brethren of Ephesus as well as to us. So I'm going to start in verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. 
Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. (coughs) However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Great passage. Great passage. Now our context again, uh, as Mark just said, is the church and the Lord. And I don't think any of us would in any way argue that the church should submit to the Lord. Exactly. So that's our bottom line here. Now we're going to take this and apply it to how he wants us to apply it to husbands and wives. So he begins with, the wife submits to her husband as she submits to the Lord. Now she wouldn't have any problem submitting to Jesus, but she submits to her husband because the husband is the head of the wife just as Christ is the head of the church. But yet, here's the point. She is showing the world what submission to Jesus looks like. She's actually preaching a very powerful sermon in that submission. She's showing her love for the Lord as she loves her husband and allows him to take the lead. And then the husband is going to love his wife, even though he is the head over the wife, but he's going to love her like Jesus does the church, in that Jesus sacrificed for her, sought to cleanse her, wash her, provide her all that she needs to be holy without blemish, and to love her as much as Jesus loves the body, so he loves his wife. So it's kind of a Submission competition in some way, isn't it? It is. I mean, it, back in 21, subject to one another. Mm-hmm. So how, he's made it pretty obvious as far as how the wife submits to the husband. Well, how does the husband submit to the wife? Because the passage that starts all this out is submitting to one another. Now, I want to look at this historically. Okay. Jesus is saying, brethren, this is what the Lord intends out of marriage. This is that relationship. I'm going to say in the culture that they're in at the moment, this is probably not the culture that they're in. And so they've seen husbands and wives over the time before they became Christians, how husbands treated their wives, how wives didn't respect or honor their husbands. That, that just wasn't happening. I mean, women were, were cattle, basically. And so uh, husbands, they didn't buy, they just used wives. And he's saying here, that's not what the Lord intended. Now you are brethren, this is what the Lord intends out of the marriage relationship. Women, you have husbands, this is how you are to treat them. Yes, you are to subject yourself to them. That is in the relationship position that the Lord wants you to be in. He's using the church as his example. But I truly believe that this passage, to me, is probably aimed an error or an error right at the heart of the husband. The husband yeah, yeah. is probably the one that, that Paul is after here more than the woman in this well, situation that, that we're in. in. In that society, nobody would have jumped and had an issue with verse 22, no, wives submit all. to your husbands. That it, was culturally it, accepted. That's the way it the, was. But the husband loving the wife, yeah. in that respect, using the church as the example, becomes critical to the husband in that generation. What? 
I've got to honor her and treat her this way? And, and look at what he said here about Christ loving the church and giving himself for that church. And guys, you love yourself, don't you? Well, you're supposed to love the wife like you love yourself. Wow, what an example that, ooh, I, if I'm supposed to love my wife that earnestly because I know I love myself, that is treat, that's teaching the men of that time quite a lesson. To me, a, a word that really jumps out is in verse 29, not only does he nourish, but he cherishes yes. his wife. Um, if we're talking about loving as Jesus loved, when Jesus came to Jerusalem, the city that was going to literally kill him, he wept yes. over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem. Oh, he cherished those souls. When, when our Lord is insulted, he blesses because he longs for those souls. He never demands. He never threatens. He, he never really, we, we don't really find a time that our Lord really raised his voice, except maybe when he jumped on the disciples for keeping the little children to him. Uh, it says he got a little fired up then, but he never raises his voice at his critics. He longs for them, and his love never, ever wavers. It, it, it's not a love that is dependent upon the situation or the circumstance. Then I'll decide how I'm going to respond. It, it, it's a love that is consistent. And, and what the Lord is challenging husbands to do is love as he loves. Yes. And, and to me, that is the big focus. Now, I will say this, though. The women in this day and age never argued with Paul about how much he loved them or in a way argued with him when he taught on submission. Look at all the women. They loved Paul. They adored Paul. It was Paul who would say to the brethren of Galatia early on in his ministry, we're all one. We're neither Jew nor Greek. We're neither bond or free. We're neither male nor female. We're all one in Jesus, which even that in of itself was revolutionary teaching. So the women loved Paul, and they understood what he meant by this. Do husbands. It, it, these were very likely, for the most part, arranged relationships, husbands and wives. There wasn't much courting going on yeah. in that day. This, this was arranged relationships. So this was a learned love. This was, in a sense, a learned respect. Well, you, you knew your position as a wife in this day and age. I needed to honor and respect my husband. The husband, on the other hand, this is a, an arranged relationship, and he's saying, absolutely not. This is a love relationship, and we cherish usually inanimate objects. Yeah. If you think about it, yeah. you know, I cherish this, or I cherish that, or I, you, when you use that term, he's saying here, this is an inanimate object. It is your wife that you're supposed to feel that way about. And over time, that is a learned response. That's what he's saying here, that you can learn to love and cherish your wife. So if we go back and we keep this in context, we've only got a couple of minutes here, <laughs> time flies. The church should willfully, lovingly, and in a, in a way, unashamedly, Submit to Jesus because 
He gave himself up for her. Seeing our Lord, why would you not want to submit to that kind of love? And so Paul lays that alongside marriage where the wife should have a husband that acts like the Lord. Yes. And why would you not want to submit to that kind of leadership, that kind of love? And in the same way... I can respect that. Yeah. He's saying here, I can respect that. I can that. respect that. Yeah, I can respect that. And, and, and so he's saying here then that the church submits to Jesus. We get that. Well, the wife should submit to her husband. We should get that in this context. And even more so, the husband should see he's to act like the Lord. And so in reality... The husband's role is to make the wife's submission as easy as possible. Exactly. And the wife should make the husband's role as a leader as easy as possible. And so then you have this cohesive relationship that is really bonded together. And you can in the come love to love and cherish that the way the Lord wants you to. Yeah. And he uses himself and the church as that example. And I want, I want us from this passage also as well to understand how much we are to subject ourselves to Christ. Sure, absolutely, because that's, that's, that's the main focus. I, that's yeah. the main focus yeah. in here. Yeah. And he's using that marriage relationship as his example, and he, this is what it's been from the beginning. You are to subject yourself to Christ just like this relationship I'm telling you about here. Now, that's physical here on earth and emotional. You can see that on earth if it's done properly. Well, that's why I want you to behave towards Christ in this relationship as the church. All right. Well, we just kind of scratched the surface of this, and we're going to come back to this a little bit more next week. But for now, uh, let's leave everybody with this. Husbands, love your wives. Love them like the Lord does the church. And wives... Respect your husbands. Submit to him as the church submits to Jesus. That's what the Lord wants us to do. That's his will, and that's how we walk in the Lord, if we can take this back where we began. You got anything else you no. want to add? All right. Well, we'll certainly pick this up next week and get into more of, of the Lord's will for us and our relationship with him. But for now, we want all of you to understand and know the love of the Lord its length, its height, its depth, its width. And may you be filled with the fullness of God. God bless. Good day, brethren. The Lord is in His holy temple. Again, thanks for listening. If you live in North Central Florida or you're just passing through, we would love to have you visit us at the Glen Springs Road Church of Christ. Also, check out our website, glenspringschurch.com. You can learn more about our church family and how to contact us. Until next time, God bless. Keep silence, peace.